it was an add-on product to my existing range and the reason it did so well on email in my tests is exactly that reason it makes perfect sense now I look back on it so valuable to look back on these experiences and record it and make notes of it and really analyze what happened are you a product-based business maybe handmade or importing I do both I'm spending my own cash advertising on Facebook and Instagram to help grow my two Shopify stores from scratch that I started in 2020. So join me in this diary type podcast where I share real time challenges and wins as things happen day to day in real time because we often feel less alone in our e-commerce journey when sharing the challenges with someone else. If you're just starting out or growing your small online business, I think you'll find my experiences motivational as I share from my kitchen table in Adelaide, Australia. Brought to you by one of my e-commerce shops, theturtlejournal.com.au. Hey, this is Aussie e-commerce mum, a diary. Welcome, my name is Rachel. This is episode number 28, which is actually an updated episode from my episode 8, which was called Christmas Inventory Disaster. I wanted to do an updated episode from my episode 8 to let you all know how Christmas went and what happened after the inventory disaster I had in early September. So I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 8 to hear the story of of where this well where this story started. Because in that episode I talk about how I done my first ever inventory forecast for Christmas 2022. And I'd invested heavily in one order of Christmas stock ready to add to my current stock for Christmas to sell. But a lot of it, when it arrived, was faulty. A lot of it was factory seconds. I was really disappointed the the seller, my supplier, didn't come to the party to rectify it. And I'd sort of estimated I was going to be down about $900 in profit from this one purchase of inventory. So I talk about that in episode 8. Um, but then I also talk about the, the valuable lesson I had at the end of all of that, which was that I really needed to back myself more going into 2023 and try a different supply that I had, I'd heard and seen was probably had a better reputation, but their MOQ was higher, which is why I had not purchased from them before. Um, and I needed to, to take the plunge and do so. I, I had felt like I'd backed myself a bit, even just with this, Christmas inventory purchase um, in early September ready for Christmas in buying a big amount of stock at once and doing a forecast and um, adding a bit of a percentage more on what I'd sold last year and what I thought I'd sell this year and then for that stock to rock up and be faulty I was just doubly disappointed that it was not going to pan out well for Christmas 2022 that was pretty demoralizing but I knew that it, it had was the push I needed as well I needed to find the, the silver lining in the clouds there and see that it, I needed to branch out more and try a different supply that I knew was probably going to be more reliable and better but just required more of an investment from me up front. So anyway, go back and have a listen. This episode number 28 is an update on how things have panned out over Christmas. I want to let you know what's happened. I really enjoyed putting this episode together to dissect a bit for myself what's happened and, and how the last few months have panned out. So I'd expected from this stock that I was going to sell to probably uh, get about $4,000 in revenue. So that wasn't total revenue for Christmas I was expecting, but the revenue I'd calculated from this order of stock where a lot of it had rocked up faulty. I had expected that to to, to net about $4,000 in sales. 
uh, over Christmas and Boxing Day. My plan originally was to hold the factory second stock till Boxing Day and not kind of muddy up my existing products with the factory second stock and hold that just for a Boxing Day sale. That's what I had planned to do and I talk about in episode eight. What actually happened at the end of Christmas? So the period I'm talking about here in this episode is mid-September to mid-December. Really mid-December is in like the 10th of December, the 11th of December. I pretty well closed off Christmas delivery around the 10th, 11th and 12th. Anything after that, I wasn't guaranteeing anyone to get their products in time for Christmas. So the period I'm really talking about in this episode is just mid-September through to mid-December. What actually happened was this stock specifically, I had a revenue of $2,900. So a thousand less, unfortunately, than what I had hoped for just from this one I'd isolated like I said this particular order with my supplier I'd isolated that and calculated about four thousand dollars in revenue and ended up with two thousand eight hundred dollars in revenue the bonus though is I still have some of that stock so I I was able to move all the faulty stock all the factory second stock but I do still have some stock some great stock good stock that's sitting on my shelf ready for 2023 so I'm actually not worry that I'm down a thousand dollars on what I had hoped for. A huge positive for me over Christmas in 2022 and why I'm not really worried or upset about not moving all that stock that I'd hoped um, is because my overall sales over the Christmas selling period was $12,370 for this website. So I have a couple of websites I've run which I've talked about before but this one website my revenue total was $12,370 three hundred and seventy dollars I was really pleased with that I'd felt like it was a lot you know as, as when you're busy and you're caught up with orders and packing and customer you know tracking numbers and queries and all sorts of stuff and social media often it's you know we're way too busy to be thinking about it at the time but now this is a great opportunity and particularly for you if you have your own website to go back now if you haven't already and check out your own Christmas data and your own Christmas sales and statistics to see for yourself how things went and if what you think in your head happened really did happen you know like sometimes we think things went terribly and then when we look actually they really didn't and other times we think maybe something went really well but perhaps we overinflated that and when we look at the data perhaps not so much so I was really happy at the end of this period to see that my revenue was up nine percent on Christmas 2021 so that was pretty cool In addition, the number of orders or the volume of orders that I processed and shipped was down by 2%, which seems like a bad statistic, but not at all when I look at my revenue being up by 9%, which basically means my average order value to the same period last year was actually up by 12%. So I was really pleased with that. And I've talked about average order value before. I have a whole episode about it in episode 18, is about how I increased my average order value by 25%. It's really worth going back and listening to. And it's, I'm just realizing, you really just need to listen to my eight episodes. So go back and listen to episode number eight, 18, and this is now 28. So this might be, I'll have to think of what to do for episode 38 and tie these all together. So episode 18 is about how I increased my average order value by 25%, which ties in really well to the statistics I've had for Christmas just passed where my average order value over the Christmas period for 2022 compared to 2021 was up by 12% so I was really happy with that 
And of course, which I said I've talked before in that episode, I encourage you to go listen, is the reason it's great to have an average order value higher with the volume of orders lower. You're not shipping out as many boxes. You haven't got as many customer um, customers to attend to and answer queries, but they're spending more per person. So you, you're shipping less and packing less and potentially spending less time on those things but getting a higher revenue, which is all great reasons why increasing your AOV is so worthwhile. So now I just want to tell you about a few things that happened along the way that were different to what I'd planned or mapped out in September from episode eight. Like I said, I had planned to hold the factory second stock until Boxing Day. I didn't want to offer it with my existing products and I was going to wait because I didn't want it to water down my AOV. I was worried it would, which just from telling you my revenue, my statistics, it didn't at all. So that fear was unfounded and it worked out to be fine. But I was concerned about that. So I was going to hold this factory second stock and specifically do a Boxing Day sale. Well, I didn't do that. I decided partway through all of this Christmas crazy shopping season, I didn't want to hold it till Boxing Day. I reckon I decided this in mid-November, so pretty late in the piece. Mid-November, I decided very last minute to cobble together a Boxing, no, sorry, a Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale. So I decided to offer for a whole week, maybe it was a bit longer in the end, this factory second stock as my sale item, as my Black Friday special, come get it, you know, limited quantity, Black Friday special, discounted hugely, over 50% off, all the bells and whistles. Like I was chucking everything I could at this stock to move it during Black Friday. It just seemed silly to hold it till Boxing Day when there was already so much traffic coming to my website. I thought I might as well capitalize on that. And I was willing to take the risk that it was going to, you know, water down my AOV, but probably increase my conversion rate. You know, I just thought maybe I'm, I'm, this stuff is not going to pan out the way I imagine anyway. I just, it seemed a sensible thing to do to offer it as a Black Friday sale and move it. And I did, I got rid of all of it. I got rid of all the factory second stock in one week during Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I was so pleased in the end that I did it because plenty of my customers who were purchasing gifts and full price items chucked it in as well because it was a bit of a no-brainer. It was over 50% off. So lots of customers were already purchasing gifts and other products and just thought, wow, this is like, you know, I don't even think too hard about this. Over 50% off, sure, I'll grab one of those as well. So it actually turned out to be really great. I'm so glad that I did do that in the end. In addition to that, the other bonus of, of deciding to chuck it in with my other stock and just move it, apart from all the traffic that I already had coming to my website that I was paying for through my Facebook ads, which I didn't want to be paying for on Boxing Day, was that I also didn't want to be packing orders on Boxing Day. I wanted to have a holiday. I didn't want to be up, you know, spruiking and selling and trying to get orders packed and out the door on Boxing Day and then the days after up to New Year's. So, you know, that time of the year when you don't want to be doing anything. I just I thought, why on earth would I wait till Boxing Day? Just try and move it now while I had the chance, while I had someone help me pack. I have a friend's teenage son. He comes to help me pack once a week just for a couple of hours. He was already coming to help me for the next, you know, couple of weeks at this time. I thought, why, why not utilize his time and get this stuff packed and moved? So that's actually what I did in the end for a couple of reasons. I'm really glad I did. It meant once my Christmas delivery window was closed, I actually got a bit of a break and had a bit of time off. Um, in addition, what else happened a long way? This is a big one, is my Facebook ads tanked. 
I had a real conundrum early early in this from mid-September all the way through to mid-October. It was a, pretty well a full month that my Facebook ads were doing terribly. I was really baffled. I love Facebook ads, as you know, and I have a couple of episodes about my love-hate relationship with Facebook because it is a bit of a love-hate relationship. But fundamentally, it gets me traffic, customers and sales visibility like I just wouldn't I wouldn't do without it. But my campaigns I had set up and strategized and started running from mid-September didn't get any traction for a month that the cost per purchase was through the roof. The ROAS was terrible then as a result. The click-through rate, the click-through rates were all good. So it made me think the creative was fine. Something else was amiss though. It, it took me it took me a month to figure it out. I really had to think about it. And this is this is something at um it's what I want to say about this. It's so important to do it. Like we are in the problem solving world as business owners, troubleshooting things, finding a solution, being creative is like what we're all about. It is what should make us tick. That's that's how we grow, it's how we learn and we we develop new skills and experiences and we know what to do different next time and to try an experiment next time. So it's all so critical to our success and our mindset in growing a business. I'm, I'm sure of it. So I knew that there was a reason that this was going awry. I knew there was a reason why because I'd, I had run a suite of Facebook ads in July that I'd spent a lot of time on the strategy and the structure, the creative, the plan, the rationale that did really well. They ran for about 10 weeks very well. I've made a lot of money off those. I was so pleased with them. So I, I, I knew, what's the word? I knew my skills weren't crap. You know, like I knew I knew what I was doing. I'd, I've done this for a couple of years now. I, I knew there was a way to figure it out. I just knew there was. And what it was, was the offer was no good. Looking back on it now, I can see why, but I, at the time I, I couldn't figure it out for about a month. But the product I was pushing on ads wasn't a good enough offer. The reason it wasn't a good enough offer was basically it wasn't one of my best sellers. And I've come to the realization, I think, that most of the time, I'm going to say most because you can never be certain with Facebook ads for sure. It's all an experiment and learning and the platform changes all the time. But I reckon on the whole, you're best off only running ads on your best sellers uh, or your best-selling collections, or your flagship product. Something that customers will tie your brand to. They'll see it, they'll know it's you, it makes sense, they'll get to know who you are, and it's like your fundamental offering, your first offering, the product they should buy first from you before anything else. I reckon I've decided and seen from what has happened with my experience over Christmas is that product needs to be the most that you push through Facebook ads because the product I was selling through Facebook ads was a bit of an add-on product. It was an add-on product to my existing range and the reason it did so well on email in my tests is exactly that reason. It makes perfect sense now I look back on it. So valuable to look back on these experiences and record it and make notes of it and really analyze what happened and get into your customers heads a bit about it is that of course this product did so well on email when I'd emailed it and did a pre-launch and I sold all my pre-launch stock of about 25 units it wasn't a lot but I sold it out just on email I thought that was my proof of concept that I need to add this product to my range and I have 
So then I thought, well, then I should offer it to new customers on ads. Like they would love it then if my existing customers love it, but they didn't love it at all. And the Facebook ads tanked because of it. it cost me a lot of money early on in the Christmas season for basically a month from mid-September to mid-October was that they didn't love it because the offer was no good because the product was brand new but it was a bit of an ancillary product it needed kind of to go with something else I already sell so if brand new customers saw it they weren't as inclined to want it or think they need it or love it if they were a brand new customer because they needed probably to purchase something else first and then they would see this product through email after the fact and it would help increase my lifetime order value and they would come back and become a repeat customer from buying this product. So that was a massive, massive learning for me. That chewed up a lot of my brain power, a lot of money and a lot of time for about a month to work out what on earth was going on. And you know what, then as soon as I changed up the offer and I switched it back to a product I'd offered in Christmas 2021 with new ads, new creative, a new video, new image, new carousel, things went great. So then my ads did really well. I was so pleased. Everything looked like it was ticking along really well after that. And that was the reason um, it was that the product itself was just a mismatch. It didn't make sense. It wasn't an obvious purchase for a first time buyer. So I hope that helpful a bit. I wonder if that, I hope that helps one of you maybe or somebody listening to think that that's a bit of an eye opener as well or gives you the impetus to go back into your ads manager and do a bit of digging for yourself and ascertain what might have happened with your ads over Christmas if you run ads or if you don't run ads, just what happened with your sales in general at markets or in person or on Etsy or however you sell on your website and your family and friends to see if you can um, pull apart and make a bit of an interesting case study or dissect things for yourself to get some data from it, some learnings and a bit of a strategy maybe for next Christmas. So that was that was something massive and then things picked up really well and then, then I was ticking along fine with my ads. They made perfect sense, things were going really well after that, which was great. But then of course I only did well for a certain period of time because it took me a month to work this out. So from sort of mid-ish to late October through to early December, things were great. So you know what, in summary, I'll probably say that uh, this crappy stock actually did work out really well for me in the end. I'm not unhappy at all with where I am at the other side of Christmas now in the start of 2023. I'm glad I moved it during Black Friday and that I didn't hold it for Boxing Day. My sales in general were really great over Christmas. I'm glad I just discounted it massively over 50% to get rid of that terrible stock. I'm glad I worked out the Facebook ads puzzle and then I went back and tried again and did some more experiments and things went really well after that and my revenue um, was great and I can see the results of that now so I'm really happy. But then I also looked at my email and something interesting popped out to me was that in this time period I made $530 off of two emails I sent and they were probably my Black Friday emails about this factory second stock. Two emails netted me $530 and at the time I was just busy doing you know packing orders and sending emails and doing socials and you know all the stuff you do at Christmas time and now looking back and I'm like why did I only send two emails oh my goodness if I made $530 from two emails I should have sent far more than two emails so that was a bit of an interesting 
learning that I will remember now for next time that Christmas 2023 I probably need to be more strategic with my emails and send more over a longer period of time clearly. Moving towards profitability now, the other side of Christmas. Christmas was great for me. I did really was very happy. And now I need to move this business into a profitability mode, not just uh, a good revenue and then also spending as much in expenses to match that revenue. I really want to work towards actual profitability in 2023. And to help me move in a profitability direction, I've been following the Profit First model, which is a book by Mike Michalowicz. I've been reading that and I've set up my different accounts that I've been using allocation percentages for. It's a whole thing. It's a very popular cash management or cash flow management system. And I've adjusted the percentages a bit to make more sense for me and my business. But I've been really pleased with how I've been practicing that and trying to implement it and get better at it over probably the last six months. And particularly over Christmas, it has meant over Christmas I was able to really pull out and keep for my family and for um, my household a couple of thousand dollars in profit over Christmas I was so happy with that as a bit of a good end to wrap up you know 2022 and sort of mitigate against the the inventory disaster that was you know the catalyst for this whole episode so with some high level stats I just want to let you know how things went for me for this website over Christmas so the Christmas mid-September period through to mid-December my total revenue was $12,370 out of that, I calculated that my cost of goods is 40% and maybe 40% is a bit too high a percentage to lean on cost of goods. So that's possibly true. I'd probably rather have it too high at the moment while I'm getting used to using Profit First and the model and the, the pattern and the habits of it. But at 40%, that means um, my real revenue is less 40% less. So cost of goods sold is 4,948, which leaves me with a real revenue of 7,422 over Christmas. My Facebook ads cost me 3,064. And then there's all the other fees involved with helping someone helping me pack and uh, tax and, you know, Shopify fees and PayPal and stuff like that. I think the profit at the end of all of that for my family, including my owner's pay or a bit of a salary and wage for myself in running the business it was probably about $3,000 somewhere around there over this time period. So I was really, really pleased with because if I hadn't been following Profit First, or I hadn't been deliberate in tracking these numbers and looking at them, I would have spent that easy on other stuff. Just It just gets evaporated, doesn't it? Our expenses just outweigh our income so easily and it has for me for two years. So I'm working very hard to try and make that not be the case and so in this case I was really pleased to be deliberate with my percentages and the budget I allowed each part of my business to consume was very constricted and was really I was really disciplined about it is that I was able to then keep aside about three thousand dollars in profit so I was really pleased with that so all of these data and these metrics and the way you can pull apart your own Christmas selling season. Really, most of it you should be able to find through your Shopify dashboard, ads manager, and whatever email software you are using. And it's just so worth doing. It really is. It's it's a lot of time. I'm not going to lie. This episode took me a lot of time to pull all this data and put it together. But what you learn from it, the insights you gather, that only you can do. You are the owner, the CEO. You are it. You are the captain of your ship it is only you that can do this sort of work 
this is the sort of work that is real strategy, mindset, brain heavy type dissecting sciencey stuff. It's so important to spend the time doing this to to kind of like I said before to actually see what happened versus what you maybe think happened or imagine happened or worried would happen and then actually what did happen. So I'm really I just would really encourage you to spend the time to look back over the period of Christmas time or another period as well. As long as you're comparing like periods to like periods in your business, maybe you look at Easter one year versus the other. Or if you've been doing this less than a year, look at one month versus the other month. If you know you you're not selling a seasonal product like Christmas decorations, then don't look at December versus March. But you know if, if it's sort of something that rolls around pretty consistently through the year, like candles and soaps and jewelry and or well, so many things, they're just the things that I like. So it just pops to mind. You can probably compare month to month fairly confidently, but. Check for yourself in Shopify, Ads Manager and your email system. See what data you can pull. Oh, send me an email. I would so love to hear from you if you find something interesting, your statistics. Like, honestly, reach out and send me an email. I'd love to hear something interesting you have found over Christmas for your selling in person or online with ads, without ads, on a marketplace, not a marketplace. Whatever you do, however you sell, like, let me know. I'd be so, so interested to hear from you. It'd be really, really cool. And then celebrate something. Find a statistic and celebrate it. I, in my episode 11, I talk about ways to celebrate things and why it's important to celebrate, particularly if you're doing this on your own. I'm, I'm totally building these websites on my own. I feel like a bit of an island sometimes. I don't have anybody in my everyday life that I talk to about this or that gets it or is doing the same thing as I do. So it can be pretty lonely. I've recently joined a mastermind or an inner circle, like a a membership group, and it's been so worthwhile. I've only been doing it for a few months, so I'll have to report back on that as time goes on. It's taken me two years to take the plunge to spend that money every month in a membership, but I've found it invaluable so far. And totally just the accountability of spending money on something like that makes you want to get value out of it. When you spend money, like when you spend money on a new software or an add-on for your website, you kind of get a bit obsessive about it because you want it to be worth its while and it needs to pull its weight financially. So the membership I have joined has totally been really great for me in the last couple of months. Um, And I'll totally talk about more about that as time goes on for sure. But for this episode, see what you can find out from your Christmas season, what stats you can find, what learnings you've got, What cool little insights, like the little nugget I found about the two emails I sent that got me over $530 in revenue was flooring. I fell off my chair when I looked. I couldn't believe it. And then I I was kicking myself that I didn't send more emails. So it's so interesting to see what you find. And let me know. I would so love to hear from you. It'd be really cool. You can find me at aussieecommercemum.com.au where you'll be able to see my previous episodes And sometimes if I have little um, resources, I'll add a PDF download to there as well. And of course, you can send me an email through there too. That'd be really cool. So I'll see you next time. Keep learning.